1: In this episode of Adult Bedtime Stories, we'll be talking about bisexuality. Today's September twenty second when we're recording, and tomorrow it's celebrate Bisexuality Day. <laughs> That's a very special day for me. It's something that is uh, said in our last show that it's something I started. A big part because I felt so isolated and invisible as a bisexual. And I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. (laughs) And I wanted to talk a little bit about bisexuality from a personal perspective, some of our experiences. Mm -hmm. And we'll start with Paul. Tell us a little bit about your journey. When did you first figure out you were bisexual? And what was the process you went through?
2: So the process of discovering my own bisexuality was pretty involved and complicated because there were definitely signs early on that I was attracted to other boys. I even had a couple of experiences when I was really young but um a couple of them actually like kind of hurt me and stunted me because afterwards after i had fooled around with in particular there was a a neighborhood boy uh, in my neighborhood that was good friends with me and one day we got to playing and was the next thing i No, I was showing him this neat little trick that my other friend had showed me where you could put your penis in someone's mouth and when they sucked on it it felt really good and we both enjoyed the the playtime that we had but afterwards he couldn't really look me in the face and like our friendship was never the same afterwards so I think that was like one of the early things that kind of stunted my acceptance of my bisexuality. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I had other experiences, mainly with person I've talked about on the podcast before, who was a very dark experience in my life he used my attraction to him against me so that again like further forced it back down and then as I got older I had other negative experiences and it really wasn't until my later 20s that I fully accepted that I was really bisexual and it it still has taken me a long time to overcome some of those early traumas but it is a really important part of my identity it's a really it it's something that i am proud of it's something that i celebrate in myself so it's it's been kind of a long journey for me to really get comfortable with my my own sexuality
1: and uh, now for me uh- I had early bisexual experiences, even before I could orgasm. Mm -hmm. I've always been equally attracted to both boys and girls, and that's kind of rare in the bi community. Usually people are like 80% Mm -hmm. attracted to opposite sex and 20% attracted to same sex. In the bi community, there's bisexuals that are actually practice monogamy, serial monogamy, but they are attracted to the person, not what's between the legs, mm-hmm. for some bisexuals. Yeah. For some other bisexuals, I'm attracted to both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like, it's not just the, what's between the legs, it's the male energy and the female energy, and they're very different. And so for me it was just, well I remember sitting, it was sometimes kind of embarrassing. I'd be in gym class and they'd be having us all run track and I, I did had a bad knee even back then a little bit. It, or I didn't run real good. <laughs> had foot problems and stuff like that so often I'd kind of sit on the side And I loved watching the boy jiggles and the girl (laughs) jiggles. And all of a sudden I'd get this erection in gym shorts and it was hard to hide. (laughs) But, oh, it was, I mean, just always got turned on by both. And pretty much equally, I've I've always had a boyfriend and a girlfriend Mm -hmm. my adult life, or most of my adult life. And when I don't have a boyfriend and a girlfriend, I feel like something's missing in my life.
2: That makes a lot of sense.
1: And it's just after a while that not having that person Mm -hmm. around is kind of leaves a void in me a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's not like I have to have sex with somebody, but it's nice. And when it's happening, it's just... With, and what I love even best of all, but it's been a rare occurrence, is when I can have sex with a boy and a girl at the same time. Yeah. And then I just love three ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, just hard to put into words, but it feel, the energy is just so good, it feels balanced to me. Yeah. And I know that for a large part of my life, I was having, well, let me go back to my early childhood, because the first experiences I had with boys and with girls was before I even knew the terminology. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that there's, you know, the word homosexual when I first found out the word and kind of caught on real quick that it was a bad thing. Yeah. If you, you didn't admit it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I knew that when I did learn the word homosexual, I thought, well, why are they saying this is so bad? It feels so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I I even had a boy stick it up my butt <laughs> <laughs> before I even could come <laughs> and before I knew the w- what the words meant. We just were playing around, and it mm-hmm. was amazing. <laughs> and it felt so good. <laughs> Dulled. But for a long time, I was kind of in isolation. I knew almost everybody I knew was either gay or straight. And I was the only one for many years that was bi. Mm -hmm. I came out early on Mm -hmm. to not everybody, but to coming out as a process. Yeah. And so I came out to keep a few good friends, a couple of them that ended the friendship. Which is really sad. Yeah. But part of it was when some of my cl- really close friends did accept me as bi, mm-hmm. it felt really good. Yeah. And I can tell you, it was like this s- secret I was keeping before I came out fully. And it just felt so, like, such a heavy weight on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't like having to play like I was straight boy. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me it was even more complicated because of the intersex being mm-hmm. an effeminate male. Yeah. And I'll get more into that in a little <laughs> while. but But I did finally go in the early 90s to my first bisexual conference. And it felt like I'd found home. I mm. mean... I f- it felt so good to be in a room full of people who identified and were, for the most part, out as bisexual. Mm-hmm. I started doing After Hours, which is the radio show I yeah. did for many years. And that was about tw- twenty over 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And even before that, I'd come out pretty fully to everybody. In the gay community here, it wasn't very accepted they weren't very accepting Yeah, in fact in some ways they were worse than some mm-hmm. of the straight friends I had <laughs> I had boyfriends that, or gay guys tell me oh you just need to make up your mind get yeah. off the fence mm-hmm. quit hiding behind bisexuality you're just trying to hold on to this last vestige of being straight <laughs> mm-hmm. I said no that's not what's going on <laughs> Yeah, but anyway what was the coming out process like for you, or when did you come out?
2: Pretty much once I really accepted it in myself, like, because I've always been c- close to communities of people that were very, like, pro-gay like gay and pro-bisexual, like m- most of My female friends have always been bisexual. The only people I hadn't come out to once I had, like, really accepted it in myself was my parents. And, like, I only really came out to my parents to defend my sister because they were, because my sister's bisexual and they were ganging up on her and being mean to her in my presence and I was like what about me I'm bisexual to to draw some of the attention away from her and I'm not I'm I'm not sure really whether I would even be out to them right now if it hadn't been for that because my relationship with them is somewhat strained but yeah like coming out wasn't very hard. And I think luckily, in my generation, bisexuality is somewhat more accepted than it was in your generation. The only thing is, in my generation, it's very accepted for women to be bisexual. It's still not the most accepted thing for men to be bisexual.
1: Even in my generation... Bisexual woman was tolerated and accepted it to a much higher degree.
2: Mostly because it's a ma- masturbation fantasy for a lot of men.
1: Well, it goes deeper than that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the political mm-hmm. processes involved is that for a woman to be bisexual, it's seen as a step up in power.
2: Uh, yes. For
1: a man to say he's bisexual... It's seen as a step down in power, Mm -hmm. which is very taboo in our culture. Men are supposed to be powerful and strong and Mm -hmm. like a rock.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me.
1: And so a big part of male bisexuality Mm -hmm. is, and I think a lot of males have a lot more trouble coming out because it is seen Mm -hmm. as a step down in power. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about forces that we don't discuss. Oh, yeah. It's kind of in the background Mm -hmm. behind the taboo. (laughs) One of the things she did bring up, and I came out to my family finally, and I knew it was going to be bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My father was a minister, and basically he said, well, I could accept it if you were gay, but being bisexual— I just can't accept someone that's not monogamous. <laughs> and I said, "Well, number one, there are monogamous bisexuals. Mm-hmm. You didn't even ask me about polyamory." Yeah. <laughs> number two, I'm not cheating on partners. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going behind their back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm very out and open as yes. bisexual and poly.
2: Yeah, and if you and were straight, you'd still be poly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And the other thing that I found kind of, what's the word, when someone says one thing and does the opposite? Mm -hmm. uh, Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, hypocritical.
1: Hypocritical. When my father got divorced from my mother, he went through this long dating process where he was screwing around with woman after woman Mm -hmm. saying, oh, I'm such a monogamous person. Mm-hmm. But I'm dating now. It's okay to do that when you're dating. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and what's the difference? I'm just dating my entire life then. <laughs> 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 I remember one time I came out to a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We had just kind of gotten together, and we uh, were having sex. and mm-hmm. So I came out to her one night. Mm-hmm. And she took me up to the bedroom, and we had hot, passionate sex. Mm-hmm. And then she broke up with me. Aww. And she said, oh, I can't, I can't date you if you're bisexual. <laughs> and I say these things because it is
2: mm-hmm.
1: kind of harsh in a sex-negative culture. Yeah. It can be. Mm-hmm. But there are resources to help, mm-hmm. like PFLAG. Yeah, is really great. They've got
3: mm-hmm. all
1: kinds of information on how to come out mm-hmm. in the most positive light, and don't com- don't ever come out from an apologetic stance. Yeah, come out as someone proud of mm-hmm. and strong. <laughs> yeah, I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. If we're not apologetic, if we say, "Hey, this is who and what I am," yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's not something, some deep, dark, dirty mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being bisexual, it is more than just a sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. I know that in the bi plus community,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we have people that are identify as bisexual, but mm-hmm. also identify as gender fluid,
3: mm-hmm.
1: not necessarily bisexual. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they don't want to be male or female. They want to be
2: yeah, something
1: I, in between. <laughs>
2: you know, I'm, I'm non-binary. So, like, I, I mm-hmm. understand that completely.
1: And we live in such a sex binary world. Yeah. I mean, you only have males or females. Mm-hmm. That goes against nature. I mean, mm-hmm. just my body is proof. Yeah, exactly. Because I was born with both. Mm-hmm. Sex isn't something that's stamped out, male or female.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we're we're only learning more as time goes on. And the more we find, the more we find that sex and gender are just completely more complicated than we ever thought they were.
1: Yeah, there's... I know a sex researcher who's identified 17 distinct sexes in humans. hmm And... There may be even more. <laughs> yeah, But these are from, because sex is such a very complex thing. It's a matter of what chromosomes you have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those can get pretty bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get XXY, mm-hmm. Y, or X. any weird kind of combinations. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what makes up our sex. Yeah. But not all. Yeah, and then you've got
2: androgen sensitivity syndrome. Yeah, and
1: you've got also timing. If Mm -hmm. the right hormones aren't present in the womb Mm -hmm. and bathe the infant Mm -hmm. that's developing at just the right moment or time slot, Mm -hmm. it can come later, but it's too late. Yeah. And so you get all kinds of different intersex conditions.
2: Yeah, the one that I was talking about, androgen—I believe this is the case—androgen sensitivity um, syndrome. Like, what happens with that is someone, someone, you know, most of the time they're an XY. But their body just doesn't recognize testosterone at all.
1: Well, it can't receive it. It makes it. Yeah. But their cells of their body can't receive the testosterone. Yeah,
2: exactly. And so
1: they become super feminine Mm -hmm. with all the female parts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And more, even if they are genetically male, Mm -hmm. because their body can't receive Mm -hmm. testosterone. It, they become super female. Mm-hmm. And female is the primary sex. Yeah. If things go wrong, we re- nature reverts back mm-hmm. to female.
2: Yeah, and we all start off as female.
1: Oh, yes. And we all start off as female mm-hmm. in the womb. Yeah. In early fetal development. hmm And so part of the bi community is bi plus. I mean, it's... We get people that are gender fluid. Mm -hmm. They're gender and me and my partner, my primary partner, Mm -hmm. she's very gender fluid. I'm very gender fluid. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we like to gender bend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes she'll dress up as a male and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll dress up as a girl. Yeah. And sometimes it's there's just she used to like to go. And walk about five feet behind me when I dressed up (laughs) and went grocery shopping in mantras Mm -hmm. because I didn't tuck anything away. I had all the wrong pokeyati parts (laughs) for a girl, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I and I wouldn't wear falsies, and Mm -hmm. but I'd wear this stunning dress outfit Mm -hmm. and go shopping, (laughs) and and people would kind of walk. And then as soon as they got outside of my line of sight, they'd turn around and just stare mm-hmm. and look at me. So she liked to walk about five feet behind me and watch people's reactions. Yeah. Because it's so mm-hmm. different.
2: Yeah. As, as you know, I like to gender bend. And one of the things that's really interesting to me, like I've gotten a fair you know, I've gotten a, a certain amount of, Hate for it. Like, it's hard to live in this world without getting hate for it if you gender bend and, like, don't pass for the gender that you're bending towards. But what really does honestly surprise me is the number of people that I think are going to react badly to it who are completely, like, fine and nice and friendly. To me, like, that's one of the things that actually gives me a lot of hope for the world.
1: And I think that things have changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, 35 years ago,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was could have been a matter of life and death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially in certain parts of the city, like Pasadena mm-hmm. or...
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so just to be safe, and we have had so much violence, mm-hmm. especially in the transgender community. Oh yeah, so many murders and mm-hmm. oftentimes people make the misconception that it's because someone's gay, but gay doesn't really shine out unless you yeah have the talk and the mm-hmm. mannerisms.: Exactly. There's gay men and mm-hmm. gay women mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even know they were gay. Yeah. It's not the gay that gets you beat up. I, yeah. It's, it's the...
2: Stepping outside of societal norms.
1: Yeah. Well, stepping out of the d- prescribed gender roles. Yeah. And playing with them and gender mm-hmm. bending. And and also for transsexuals that are changing their sh- sex. Mm-hmm. That can be very long and scary process.
2: Oh yeah, I I know. I've I've gone through just in the gender bending that I've done. I've had threats. There was a day, like a couple of months ago, I was just wearing pink pants. Like I was not doing anything like crazy flamboyant or anything, and I I I got scared that I was gonna get attacked on on the street because the guy just wouldn't let it go that I was wearing pink pants. So, yeah, like, it's it's very scary, like the amount of hatred that's out there for those who don't uh, conform to the, the, the prescribed gender roles.
1: I found it kind of interesting because Ray Hill would come in on some of our shows at KPFT, and he worked with a lot of the prisoners, Mm-hmm. And one of the things he discovered was that people who had been arrested for violent crimes against mm-hmm. gays and transgender often turned out to be gay themselves or oh, bisexual yeah. mm-hmm. and interested in, but they had repressed it and even from themselves so deeply that they lashed out yeah. against others.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's part of the process of coming to terms with who and what we are. If we don't, then it's going to come out one way or another. Yeah. And sometimes it can come out in really bad ways. Mm -hmm. I was
2: working as a security guard for a while, and there was uh, this cop that would come in, and I'd chat with him because I chat with everyone. And he was this very Christian, very straight-laced police officer. And he had this house he was working on. And he asked me if I wanted to work in in his house for, for some money. And I agreed to do it. And the whole time, it was just a sermon. Like, all the way through from beginning to end. And it was really really grating on my nerves and I was trying really hard to be polite and then after a while he like asked me if I ever watched porn and after that the whole situation got really really creepy and like really scary and he like wound up really freaking me out he, he like made a move on me And, like, I had to freak out and, like, be somewhat threatening to him to make him stop. But, you know, after I did, he was... He basically was in tears and, like, explaining that, like, he can't ever have what he wants. And that, you know, it was just so clear how much conflict he had going through his head that was between... His beliefs as a Christian and him being gay that, that just really kind of made him a sick person. And it was really sad.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that the Bible is a set of documents that was heavily screened, and there's parts of the Bible that were thrown out. Oh, yeah. Big parts. And. Mm-hmm. The other thing people don't realize is that in Roman society at the time of Christ, bisexuality was very accepted. Yeah. And that's why Christ never said anything Mm -hmm. directly that there wasn't even a word for homosexuality back Mm -hmm. then. The word homosexual is a relatively new word. Yeah. It's just a little over maybe 120 years, 130, Mm -hmm. it's not that old. The whole sexual orientation thing is kind of a misnomer in a way because it starts out with the assumption that there's only, that sex is a binary system. Yeah. And so inherently it's flawed. Mm Mm-hmm. In my case, there is no same sex. There is no opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really gay, bi, or anything. I'm out in the... Yeah. (laughs) You're just playing
2: in the ether. Uh, Yeah, I'm in the ether.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sexual. (laughs) (laughs) And I got supercharged with it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I think part of it is that I grew up learning... Through experience first and definitions later. Yeah. And so I didn't have that set prejudice. Mm hmm I'd already known that, oh, sucking a guy's cock and eating (laughs) pussy is amazing. (laughs) It's all good, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have those prejudices Mm -hmm. until, I mean, they tried to drive them into me, but I knew that, hey, there's something wrong here. I kept quiet about it. I didn't, because... You know, mm-hmm. back then, I would have gotten beaten up if people knew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and even b- being a little too effeminate, coaches rode me much harder. Mm-hmm. Principals, all the authority figures really tried to force me to be more male. Mm-hmm. And even my father. <laughs> and they tried to make me do sports, which... Because of my poor eye-hand coordination, mm-hmm. was, uh, that's one of the l- yeah. learning disabilities I have. I mm-hmm. cannot, for the life of me, get the ball to go where, throw it or catch it or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I throw like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned real quickly how to protect myself. Mm-hmm. i pick the biggest guy and say, I'll be on the other team if you walk me home after school and protect me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I had to do that for a number of years mm-hmm. because there were people that thought I was just too effeminate and it wasn't something I was trying to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's part of the lie the doctors put in, mm-hmm. the illusion yeah. that how can I be more male when I wasn't born male? I was yeah. born something else. Mm-hmm. Something in between, or a little of neither and a little of both. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Mm.
1: And I celebrate that now. Oh, yeah. Because it's amazing the things I've discovered in my own body. I can have both male and female orgasms, and have, since I first started having orgasms, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I enjoy both male and female, Mm -hmm. and both are attracted to me, Mm -hmm. because I am both. Yeah. I throw a can of worms in the system mm-hmm. because if they recognize my true gender, who could I legally marry? Who yeah. could I, which bathroom could I legally mm-hmm. use? Would they have to put in new bathrooms for intersex?
2: <laughs> yeah. So are there is there a legal gender marker for intersex on a person's driver's license?
1: Only in a I think two states have come around.
2: Oh really? Wow. Yeah.
1: Two or three. I I think I heard recently that a third state just New York mm-hmm. just I think I can't remember for sure. Yeah, cuz I
2: I had heard that Oregon had a non binary gender marker. Mm-hmm. Um which I guess intersex might fall under. I had always wondered that.
1: Yeah. I can't even go and get surgery to be put back as I was born mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. I can be a male or I can be a female. The doctors won't. Mm-hmm. At least in this country. I haven't Yeah kind of investigated in other countries but mm-hmm. I don't wouldn't have the budget to yeah <laughs> go and get surgery I would imagine probably a place like oh, Thailand yeah. but uh Thailand would be my first guess
2: M- mine too I I've had a few friends that have gone to Thailand to get uh gender reassignment surgery or, or um actually I believe the the preferred nomenclature has changed but I don't remember what it is now but
1: yeah and it is kind of a misnomer that it's reassignment yeah exactly I
2: yeah uh, I, I think it's uh, gender affr- uh, a gender like affirming or gender affirmation surgery <laughs> if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah and basically when a person goes in for surgery they're trying to be the sex they know they are hmm deep inside yeah and we look at sex as something that's physical in Mm -hmm. our culture but it's also got components that are psychological the way the brain Mm -hmm. works there's parts of us that i think in the spirit realm yeah that because i've always known that Mm -hmm. i was different somehow i didn't have the words for it Yeah. But I knew I wasn't male. I remember very young age sneaking into the woman's bathroom Mm -hmm. to test drive it to see if that fit better because the men's room didn't feel Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Yeah. And but that too felt wrong. And Mm -hmm. I thought I didn't have a word for it for years and years. Yeah. And then I discovered the word androgyny. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I am. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a power in naming things. Mm-hmm. There's a power in words. Yeah. And sexual identity is one of the foundations of who we are. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. The first question asked when a baby's born. Mm-hmm. Is it a boy or a girl? We're an it until we get a sex.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a movement that I really like that I I try to practice that when you're referring to a child who can't even speak yet, a, a lot of people don't even use pronouns for for children who can't tell you what they are because... You don't know, like, just because the child that is in front of you is shaped like a boy doesn't mean that that child is a boy. And sa- same thing with it being a girl. Or It's you know. even
1: worse than that. If mm-hmm. a girl is born and her clitoris is a little too long, they actually measure them. Mm-hmm. They'll amputate it.
2: Oh, that's terrible.
1: And Which causes nerve damage mm-hmm. and all kinds of complications for their adult sex life. And for me, they did all kinds of surgeries to make me look male Mm -hmm. and put me on male hormones so that I wouldn't grow breasts. Yeah. And I'm not even sure what all they did. They did it in secret without my knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if they told my parents back when I was born Often they just did it without telling the parents. Or they might have told my parents. I don't Mm -hmm. know because my father was a minister. He might. Yeah. Both my parents were very religious.
2: Particularly if you had to go back to the doctor's office to get hormones and things like that.
1: Well, I don't even know if they told them that because they had to put me on ADHD medication as a kid and they gave me one extra pill. Slipped that in the batch.
2: Oh, I see. And
1: I didn't like taking it. And it was after I read that about female to male that got on male hormones uh-huh. and how the drug reacted in their system. Mm-hmm. And that's what that pill did to me. It made me feel aggressive. It made me feel okay. just this raging surge through me. Mm. And I hated taking it, it just felt wrong. Wow. It also started making me more horny all the time, <laughs> which Tatasran does. I mean, yeah, it's like you get that big dose of it, and it's like I couldn't keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> and I would get erections, spontaneous erections mm-hmm. throughout the day. And yeah, that was kind of embarrassing because, especially if the teacher called me and I had to stand up in front of class. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to hide it. <laughs> yeah. But back to bisexuality, <laughs> <laughs> we got far afield here. But that is kind of part of the bi movement. Is yeah. It's so much more than just who d- you do it with. Yeah. And for some bisexuals, they do want both the male and the female. Yeah. Energy. Some. It's not so much that they want a boy or a girl; they want. They fall in love with the person yeah. first, yeah, and exactly. either is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so there's different forms of bisexuality that's, yeah. we're all a little bit different mm-hmm. in our interests and what turns us on. And Yeah. I look at the beauty and form and function of a hard cock, and it's mm-hmm. just <laughs> gorgeous. <and laughs> I do the same with mm-hmm. a woman's vulva. It's just so beautiful <laughs> yeah
2: and I, I know yeah. that you actually draw a lot of inspiration like with your carving from mm-hmm. from both uh, you know the male and female form
1: yeah and I do sculpting a lot in wood but mm-hmm. other media as well yeah uh, and I, I do a lot of erotic work and yeah. I do a lot of <laughs> photography too <laughs> And I've got lots and lots of pictures of (laughs) all kinds of artistically well done photography of, because I do consider sex as an art form. Oh, yeah. And the human body is, I mean, just think about it Mm -hmm. dance. I mean, I used to love to watch ballet, especially male ballet. Yeah. And see those nice. Beautiful, sticky-outy parts, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. bulging parts. <laughs> and the women, right mm-hmm. nice, curvy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it all just is so beautiful to me, and it's amazing how well the body works. And yeah, we can get into this headspace and a higher consciousness through sex. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me is the heart of being bisexual is yeah, having that beautiful, amazing energy that's, mm-hmm. it's hard to put into words. Go to a bisexual conference mm-hmm. and check it out. It is just amazing when you get a whole room full of bisexuals, the energy just goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. It's like so, it, there's no words. It's like. Wow, I'm, I'm home. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm over the rainbow. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I I think that's one of the things that makes the bisexual community really interesting. Straight people don't sit around and talk about the nuances of how I'm straight versus how you're straight. And they, gay people do that a little bit more, but not not the way that you see in the bisexual community there's just so much to talk about because two different people's take on how bisexuality affects them like is completely different
1: i did a show a while back on relationship models Mm -hmm. that came straight out of a bi conference Mm -hmm. (laughs) i knew a triad Mm-hmm. Is two guys and a woman, mm-hmm. and the guys had been together 25 years when I met them,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the woman had been in the relationship for 15 years, mm-hmm. and they had they were polyfidelitas, mm-hmm. practice polyfidelity. Mm. Each of the men had a child w- with mm. her. And so their family, mm-hmm. the kids, would, uh, they had to be a little careful at school, but, yeah. <laughs> but they would say, yes, I've got two daddies and a mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very beautiful home and yeah. amazing energy in the home. Mm-hmm. I met both the kids, and <laughs> it was just this amazing relationship pattern. Mm-hmm that I kind of aspired towards. Yeah. Not that I, I didn't want kids, but... <laughs> I mean, I never yeah. wanted kids. <laughs> I know. Because, I, well, I came from a family with seven siblings, mm-hmm. and I was the oldest. I've mm-hmm. done more diapers. Yeah. I've already served my duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You've you've already done your child rearing with your younger siblings.
1: Yeah, so... I just don't want that responsibility Mm -hmm. and in a way because my father was a minister he thought it was you know the eldest place was to become a kind of type of parent in a way yeah but he didn't give me full parent Mm -hmm. parental powers yeah
2: just the dirty work
1: well not just the dirty work I mean it I was kind of the black sheep anyway in my family. My two sisters got into a fight downstairs. I was upstairs doing my homework. Mm -hmm. Guess who got punished for it? (laughs) I did. Yep. And so there was this kind of weird dynamic. And I think part of it was because I was intersex and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. I was bisexual, and I'm sure they kind of got some sense of that, especially after I got caught playing with boys and girls in the woods, mm-hmm. and, and got really in a lot of trouble for that one. Yep.
2: <laughs> I'm sure.
1: Well, I pretty much, that was oddly enough when I was living in Silsby, Texas, <laughs> <laughs> and that was, after that. No one in the town would talk to me oh. I, I mean the other kids, yeah, they just shunned me totally. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was a very backwards, and we had moved there from Berkeley, California. I went to show oh, so
2: oh yeah, that's I complete,
1: mean, totally different. It was so backwards back mm-hmm. there, <laughs> East Texas, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's part of the isolation I think we face as bisexuals. Yeah. That being not even allowed to be who Mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. It's just...
2: Especially in rural America.
1: We did a show on After Hours one time Mm -hmm. about the real story behind Cowboys Mm -hmm. back a few hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, without women around, <laughs> mm-hmm. all these young men, strapping young men on horses. Yeah, <laughs> you know they were playing around. <laughs> and there's even documentation of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how, in modern rural, has flipped around so much from that. Yeah, it's just so taboo.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And I think once again, it's that power dynamic it's if a male has sex with another male it's seen as stepping down in power they're supposed to be have a woman and be in charge of the woman
2: particularly Uh, if they're on the receiving end
1: yeah but giving or receiving it's still seen as a step down and it's kind of a weird dynamic Mm -hmm. i would like to talk a little bit about What are some of your most amazing bisexual experiences that you feel comfortable sharing?
2: Like, some of the ones that I've really enjoyed since I've really, like, embraced my bisexuality. There was a boyfriend that I had for a while, and he was a lot of fun to play with. He was the first person to... Just make me feel so beautiful i I hung the moon for him for for a time, and it felt so good to to feel that energy from him. He helped me explore kind of slowly because he knew that I was new to everything and he knew when to be gentle and when not to be gentle and that was really good and really fun i have enjoyed about embracing my bisexuality is the way that men flirt with each other is different the energy is different the it's a little more animalistic and raw and at least for me that's my experience of it and it it's It's really, really hot, and also a lot of the experience I've had with you has been also really, really hot because you you just know all the tricks and all the all the fun things
1: oh yeah, <laughs> and I've had a lot of experience, I oh think yeah, that's part of it is that mm-hmm. and a lot of it I had to learn about trial and error, mm-hmm. and it was kind of hard to learn some things, yeah. I th- that's one of the reasons I do this show is that we need to have a better sex education and oh learn yeah. how to really develop our sexual bodies and mm-hmm. be more fully sexually expressive and mm-hmm. and be able to communicate mm-hmm. what we enjoy what we desire, what mm-hmm. turns us on and yeah and how to pleasure each other better, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just part of life and part of our nature to be sexual beings mm-hmm. we're born with sexual bodies mm-hmm. and to deny it because of the sex negative culture is just in a sense i'll use a kind of christian term it's a type of blasphemy mm-hmm. it's a saying and oftentimes people will say well how do you justify all this with with religion well first of all i really never could buy the christian Mm -hmm. thing but that's me personally yeah but even when i was in sunday school Mm -hmm. and having all this Mm -hmm. religious stuff yeah training i thought one of the questions that came up in my mind was why would a loving god Mm -hmm. give us sexual bodies and not let us use them yeah Mm-hmm. What's wrong with this picture? And wha- why would a loving God, compassionate God, make mm-hmm. it feel so damn good mm-hmm. and then outlaw it? <laughs> Yeah. I thought, this yeah. is... And that's when I started studying mm-hmm. a little bit more about some of the cultures and mm-hmm. some of the influences of the early church Yeah, and how the Bible was kind of... Not through rewriting but more through omission. Yeah. Edited. Mm-hmm. There's a point in time in early Christian church when women were priests. Yeah. And that was when the apostles were still around. hmm And that was accepted and looked at as men and women are equal. Mm-hmm. And, and then th- and there are stories that mm-hmm. were taken out of the Bible that told about these stories. Mm-hmm. And it was through the church and uh, one or two of the apostles, I think Paul in particular, that misogynies crept in.
2: I think one of the big things is this isn't true for every religious person, but I do definitely think it's true, especially of the old Catholic Church In, in the early days of Christianity what they really were doing is finding a way to take control over large amounts of the population. And if they got to make the rules on what was right and wrong and good and bad, and they were the the keepers of, and, and saying, if you don't follow the church, you are going to go to hell, and the only way you can possibly not go to hell is through us, and by the way, you also need to give us lots of money. I I, I think that that's a, a big part of the old older church, and we're still dealing with a lot of the fallout from that.
1: I think another thing I find kind of interesting is how can, and this is speaking more to the Roman Catholic Church, mm-hmm. how can... A group of men that are celibate and women provide us with any kind of meaningful doctrine on sexual morality. If they've never experienced sex, how that makes them not an expert, but deficient Yeah. in their knowledge. And to me, a big part of being able to put together sexual morality, you've got to know what it is you're mm-hmm. dealing with. firsthand I mean (laughs) I agree so and then there's so many parts of the Bible that I hear misquoted Mm -hmm. that one where I forget the names now but where God punished the man for pulling out and spilling his seed Mm. and that's often used as oh you should not masturbate well he wasn't masturbating he was fucking a woman yeah (laughs) let's be clear there yeah (laughs) And he wasn't punished because he was fucking the woman. He was punished because he didn't do as God commanded and have a child mm-hmm. because he thought his wife was too old.
2: Well, also, and also that was th- So the Old Testament, pretty much all of it, got thrown out.
1: Yeah, like s- supposedly, but that's. The, that's yep. where all the sex stuff comes in.
2: Yeah, I know. And because that's the uh, thing
1: New Testament doesn't say anything th- about sex, yeah. except that you shouldn't commit adultery mm-hmm. or cheat behind your. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing: even that, Jesus was saying, "Let, Let the one that's committed no sin yeah. throw the first stone."
2: Yeah, he who is without sin. Yeah. It's, uh, it's
1: not like he was saying adultery's bad mm-hmm. and punishable by death. Mm-hmm. He was saying f- forgive each other. Yeah. And so that's where, I, I mean, I hear so much thrown out at us about sexual morality by people that, number one, practice little, if any. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: And everybody masturbates. I don't care how holy yeah. you are. At some point in their life, mm-hmm. they masturbated. <laughs> oh, yeah. If not, then at least they've had nocturnal emissions, mm-hmm. wet dreams. Yeah. Because that's part of how our bodies work. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing it when you're awake, your body's going to kick in and do it when you're asleep.
2: <laughs> and, and you've got to masturbate if you want to not have prostate cancer or a number of different like or testicular cancer
1: or (laughs) yeah i mean the the testicles and the prostate gland are not storage systems Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're not storage containers they are meant to be flushed out on a regular (laughs) basis (laughs) but anyway back to bisexuality oh we've already come up to an hour basically i would like to end the show on the The amazing journey I've been on in my life and discovering the bisexual community and of all the communities I've ever belonged to, it's the bisexual community that felt most like home, like I had finally arrived. There were people that I identified with, I connected with. For the first time in my life, here's a bunch of bisexuals that, not exactly the same as me, we all have our differences, but we Mm -hmm. were a kindred spirit, and Mm -hmm. it was such a beautiful experience to not just go to the workshops, but we partied at night together, we did workshops during the day, we Mm -hmm. had speakers, it was just this incredible experience. So if you ever get a chance to go to a bisexual conference, check it out on uh, Binet USA Mm -hmm. has a listing of a lot of the conferences that go on. Mm -hmm. Try to make one. I remember I drove a motorcycle from Houston Mm -hmm. to San Diego, which is a long drive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to go to a bisexual conference. But it was so well worth the trip. And I don't know what I know that when I first saw the pamphlet on it, I said, no matter what, I've got to go to this. (laughs) I've got to check this out, Mm -hmm. see what it's all about. And Mm. I'm so glad I did it. I mean, I was floating Mm. for months afterwards, just felt so good. (laughs) And it energized me in ways. that Mm. was just amazing. And part of it was just that, the love energy, the c- compassion, and yeah, I did have sex with a couple of people there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not all of them. That would yeah. have been fun. <laughs> 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 but it was just that connection with everybody Yeah, that was so very special. Mm. And the bisexual community is so amazing. I mean, it's unlike any other community I've ever been a part of. Mm -hmm. Just the acceptance, the love, this kind of compassion and being so fully present with each other. And those are some of the things I learned from the bisexual movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So on that note, I think we're coming to the end of tonight's episode. Go out and celebrate tomorrow. Celebrate Bisexuality Day. It's not just for bisexuals. Celebrate the bisexuals if you know some. Celebrate their life and Mm -hmm. support them in their life. Because we have had a rough drive so far in this life. (laughs) Yeah. It hasn't been easy for the bi people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. On that note, have those good, yummy (laughs) nocturnal
0: emissions. And enjoy and celebrate bisexuality. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. For years, Miki Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy
1: Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini size blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.
3: To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.